Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from him today. So please enjoy. All right, so this this morning, because I want to talk about your story. You've heard other people's story. But what about your story? And actually, I have three points for your story. And, and the first point is, if you're taking notes, write this down. He has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for you. You were created on purpose, with a purpose, by God. See, uh, we all have a story to tell. Each of us are in a journey. And God intends for our journey to serve his purpose. But so many people haven't even discovered God's purpose for their life. So they haven't been able to embrace his purpose for their life. So my challenge to you is to to seek God because God's purpose is revealed as we seek him. And what does it mean to seek him? It it simply means to spend time going before him with a a heart that's open and not to read through uh, prescribed prayers, but to talk from your heart and say, God, what is your purpose for my life? What is your plan for my life? Have you ever seriously talked to God about that? Have you ever really went to him and say, God, I want to know your purpose for my life? Because if you do, guess what? He's going to reveal it. He's going to show it to you. And it's going to mess with you. I promise you that. But when you embrace it, there will be such a shift concerning your life. When you come to the place where you can begin to live out the purpose of God for which he created you for. Amen? And so, you know, uh, I believe that no one will regret involving Jesus in every aspect of their life. If you involve Jesus in every aspect of your life, you will not live with regret. See, I live my life for him, for Jesus, Because he gave his life for me. I owe him everything. Because he gave his everything for me. And and we owe him everything. And there's a scripture in Psalms 138. I want you to turn there if you you have your Bibles. Or you can look at the screen behind me. Psalms 138 verses 7 and 8. And, And maybe the first part of this might describe your condition, your situation. It starts out in verse 7. Psalms 138. Though I walk in the midst of trouble. Have you walked in the midst of trouble? Oh, yeah. Trouble's all around, okay? Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. And your right hand delivers me. Think about this. The psalmist is declaring, Lord, it's your right hand that's there to deliver me, to get me through this troubled time. Because we all face troubled times. But who's the one that's going to get you through it? Well, I believe the Lord himself will get you through it. God, the God of heaven, will get you through it. Notice verse 8, and I love this. Verse 8 says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. The one who's there with his right hand getting us through the trouble, taking us through this pain, taking us through this heartache, he's the one that will fulfill His purpose for me, okay? Think about that. 
It goes on, again, let's read verse 8. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures till next Saturday. (laughs) Or till next month. Or through 2022. Or maybe through the end of this year. No, it says, your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. It doesn't end. It's forever. Praise God. And then it says, I love this, Lord, do not forsake the work of your hands. Put your hand, wrap your hands around yourself right now. This is the work of God's hands. You are holding the work of God's hands because you are the work of God's hands. And he created you for a purpose. I tell you, um, so often we are listening to the wrong voices. So often, we're giving place to the wrong thoughts because they don't align with the Word of God. And they're taking us on a journey that we don't want to really be on. And so that's why, and and, and I, I love the Bible, I love the Word. The Word of God is what sets our thinking straight. Because actually Romans 12, 2 says we're renewed, we're transformed by the renewing of our, of our mind. When we begin to renew our thinking to what God has said in his word, there's transformation, there's change. So I want to challenge you, and I, I do this to a lot of people, and that is to declare God's word over your life. Because I believe it's the best way to re- renew your mind and reshape your world. Each day, take some time. Ideally, the first thing in the morning, I like that. Some people like to do it before they go to bed. But to declare God's word over your life. And as you do this, your life will begin to be transformed. And you begin to live life in the light of his promises. See, you were created on purpose, for a purpose, Jeremiah 1.5 reads, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. Wow. He knew you before you were born. And he already knew what you would do and what your purpose was and is. And so that's point number one in this message concerning your story. He has a purpose for you. Point number two. And this is where it gets a little tougher. Answer the call. Answer the call. What do you mean answer the call? I don't know about you. I, I left my phone at my seat over there. But uh, uh, if I see a number that I don't recognize, I'm very, it's, it's, I'm not going to answer that call. Because it could be spam. It could be somebody's uncle. I, you know, who knows? And I, I don't want to talk to that guy if I don't know them. So, but, you know, when it comes to God, when he begins to call you, you better answer that call. You better pick up that phone. You better begin to listen to what he has to say to you. And, and I think the, the thing that makes or breaks a Christian is their failure to answer the call of God upon their life. Am I called just because I'm a pastor and I stand in the pulpit ministering to you? No. The call is upon all. The call is upon every believer. Now, your calling may not look like mine. 
But that doesn't matter. The fact is you're still called of God. Like Michael, as he was sharing, he was called to be this real estate broker doing all these business deals. And that was a plan in, in his life as he sought God. But that is setting him up for the next assignment in Africa. Think about that. Wow. So you might be doing your job right now. And this is just to get you to the next level of what he has you to do. So rejoice and be glad and be content where you are, but don't hold back from where God is taking you, okay? And so answer the call. There's a calling upon your life. Romans 11.29, and this scripture is so powerful. I believe it's so convicting. Romans 11.29 says, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. One translation says they're without repentance. In other words, without repentance, God doesn't change his mind about the call. The Amplified says even a little different. It says God doesn't change his mind about the call. The calling has been determined from the foundation of this world. It's only important. What's important is that you recognize and answer that call. Realize it's not too late to pursue your calling. We serve a God full of patience and mercy. See, he won't take away the gifts that he's placed upon your life because they're irrevocable. Did you know that with the call comes gifts? The gifts and callings work hand in hand. Your gifts complement your call. Your call allows your gifts to be expressed, whatever they are. And so the gifts and callings are connected. And so I, I love this verse, and this is the verse I'm declaring over you today. Acts 22, verses 14 and 15. This happened to be spoken uh, to the Apostle Paul concerning his call. But I believe there's some general things we can see in Acts 22, 14 and 15 that are applicable to both you and I concerning the call of God upon our lives. See, because in principle, certain things carry over. There's the general call of God, and then there's the specific call of God for you. See, the general call of God is really found in, in the end of uh, Romans chapter 8, which is, I believe, the call to Christ-likeness. We've been called to be conformed to his image. And I believe that's the greatest calling upon all of our lives, to be conformed to the image of Christ, to look like him, to talk like him, to act like him. Why? Because he lives in you, and he wants to live his life through you. He wants to use you in a very incredible way. So Acts 22, 14 and 15 says, And he said, The God of our fathers, this was Ananias, who was the one that actually delivered this word to Apostle Paul. And, and I'll give you a little backdrop. I'll just take a little pause there. Uh, Ananias, God speaks to this guy. He's a prophet. And he said, Go talk to Saul. He was Saul at that time. They, his name was changed to Paul. He said, uh, Lord, are you sure? Because this is the guy that's arresting Christians and having them put in jail, and then they're being put to death. Uh, this guy's a bad dude, Lord. You want me to go to him and give him this word? Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine having that assignment? But anyway, this was the word that Ananias gave uh, Saul and who became Paul, okay? Um, and he said, the God of our fathers appointed you to know his will. See, you're appointed to know his will as well. The second thing we see there, to see the righteous one. Who's the righteous one? Jesus. 
to have a revelation of Jesus, to see him, to know him, to be intimately acquainted with his ways. To See, Jesus is real to me. He's not just some religious kind of out there. He's real to me. He's personal to me. And see, he can be personal to you as well. See, that's the thing that, that contrasts Christianity, true Christianity versus religion. Because true Christianity is a relationship with Jesus where you know him in a very personal and real way. Religion is where you know about him and you do all these things to try to find acceptance before him. But the fact is Jesus already has accepted you. And he saves us by his mercy, not based on what you've done, but based on his mercy, he saved us. And we do good works not to get saved, but because we are saved and because we want to live our life to honor him, okay? And then it goes on to say, okay, to see the righteous one and then to hear a voice from his mouth, to hear a voice from his mouth. Did you know that God wants you to hear his voice? Now, his voice might not be audible, but his voice, he can speak to us through his word. He can speak to us by his spirit. He can speak to us through a, this, this inner knowing with a conviction, with a, just a consciousness. Lord, you, you're speaking something to my life. Well, you just know it. You know it's God, okay? And it doesn't conflict with the word. It's not something, some voice out there, because I know some people hear voices, and, and I don't know about those voices, because they're not God, okay? They're something else, and, uh, because there's many voices out there, but God will speak to you, and you can know his voice, because the Bible says that my sheep, in John 10, my sheep know my voice, and the voice of a stranger they won't follow. So if you're one of his sheep, then you can claim that, Lord. You said, because I'm your sheep, I can know your voice, Okay. And I could tell you another story about that, but I won't. Um, yeah, the sheep. You know, I, I tried to call sheep, and they didn't know my voice, so they did not respond. Have you ever been out with a bunch of sheep? When the shepherd's there, the shepherd speaks, and the sheep respond. But if you're not the shepherd, those sheep are not going to respond to you. They'll maybe get scared and run away. But anyway, so and now notice verse 15, because this, this is so amazing. Because if, if you're going to, if you're appointed to know his will, you're going to see the righteous one, you're going to hear a voice from his mouth in verse 15. It says, for you will be a witness for him to everything of what you have seen and heard. Wow. So what he reveals to you, you'll be a witness of that. See, your, your calling, I believe, glorifies God and reveals him to the world. It really does. I want you to look at 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 with me because, again, I had said earlier that the gifts and the callings are connected. And 1 Peter 4, 10, it says, and each one has received a gift. And you could actually say calling because, again, those work hand in hand. Each of you have a significant, unique gift. Maybe you haven't discovered it yet. Maybe you don't see yourself as somebody that's gifted, but you have a gift because the Bible says you've received a gift. He's uniquely placed something inside of you that can benefit someone else. It's a gifting that is for the purpose of serving. And let's continue to read this and see this. 
as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. See, a gift isn't just for you, it's for others, okay? As good stewards of God's very grace, whoever speaks, verse 11, as one who speaks oracles of God. Oracles of God is, is, is simply the, the truths, the precious truths that, that reveal who he is and his plan for our life. Then it says, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. See, God supplies the strength for us to serve him. Some people think, oh, I just can't serve God. I can't live for Jesus. Well, you haven't tapped into his strength because he provides for you the strength to serve his purpose, to serve him. You might say, oh, what, I can't go serve back there in refuge kids. Oh, sure you can. God can give you the strength to do that. You know, uh, some people have signed up just because there's a need and they're thinking, I've never worked with kids before. I've never done this before. They get back there. They love it. And they discover, I have a gift I didn't realize I had. So now everybody's going to sign up for Refuge Kids, okay? And we won't have anybody in the service. <laughs> okay. No, we, we, we're seeing that ministry grow. And, and thank God for Amy Rice's leadership over Refuge Kids. She's built, uh, building a great team of ministry back there. And just as we're being ministered here in this auditorium, they're ministered back there in the Refuge Kids area. So we're so grateful for that. And, and thank you for serving, for those of you that serve there. Um, and then I like to break up scriptures, don't I? I always add these things in between so we never get read through the passage completely. Anyway, let's take it up from verse 11 again. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything, notice this part, in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. So your calling glorifies God and reveals him to this world. Wow. Point number three, get connected. Get connected. A couple of weeks ago, I had a dream, and it was the craziest dream. <laughs> um, it was November 23rd. I dreamt about bones of the human body. Now, this was not like Ezekiel's uh, a vision of the dead bones in the desert, you know, laying all over scattered. Uh, this, was, this was different from that, okay? And, and I didn't watch any TV that day, so I, I didn't read anything about uh, human anatomy. And so this dream, I don't know where it came from, but I do believe it came from God. Because let me tell you about this dream. Uh, um, well, in this dream, I would see a bone appear. And then under the bone would, would be the name of that bone in the definition of what that bone did in the body. And I'm thinking, I'm dreaming, and I'm, I'm aware that I'm dreaming. I'm thinking, what, why am I dreaming this? And so then that bone would disappear, and another bone would appear, and the name of the bone would appear under it, and then the description of that bone under it. And I'm kind of reading through this and saying, this is crazy. I've, I've, I've never you know, experience anything like this before, at least in a dream. And then uh, I would wake up, you know, and I, I was aware that I was awake. I'd fall asleep, and I'd continue to dream about bones. I'm thinking, okay. So I got up that morning, and, and I went to prayer and said, okay, God, you got to help me here. What about these bones? And then so I went on the Internet, 
And I, you know, because I couldn't really remember the names of the bones in the dream, you know, how it is sometimes you wake up and you forget what you just dreamed. So some of the details of the dream I, I couldn't remember. But I, I did find out that for the body, and what this dream means is for the body to function as God designed, every bone is needed and must be in its proper place and not be out of joint. And so this is where connection comes in because as a body of believers, we need to be connected. It must be knit together. Did you know that there are 206 bones in the human body? And that more than half of these bones make up the hands and the feet. You think about that, the hands and the feet. Because feet carry us to where we need to go. Hands serve and do what we need to do. And so more than half the bones of the body are the hands and feet. And we are the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus. Think about that. And so uh, I was thinking, okay, God, uh, these bones, what about bones out of joint? I, have you ever had a bone out of joint? It is painful. I tell you, um, yeah, I've had a few bones out of joint from time to time, and thank God for chiropractors. They make that jerk, that snap, and oh, oh, hey, it, it feels better. Oh, thank you, doctor, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you been, have anybody ever been to do that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. The rest of you, just pray it never happens, okay? Yeah. So uh, I want you, we're going to close actually in this scripture here, uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Um, because here we see a picture of the body of Christ. And also 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we see the Apostle Paul talking about the body and every member of the body and, and the importance of, of each member having its rightful place. But in, in Ephesians 4, we see a, a little more unique description of the church and the body of Christ. And it starts out in verse 11. It says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. The shepherd there is in reference to the pastor. And so these are actually ministry gifts that God gives to his church. Each of these ministry gifts are for the equipping of the, of, of the church. And we see that in verse 12. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So these ministry gifts we see here are for equipping. What I'm doing this morning as I stand before you is to equip you so that you can do the work of ministry. See, people got that wrong. They thought we hire the pastor, he does the work of ministry. And we, we just pay his salary, we take care of him, but he does the work of ministry. No, that's not the way it is. The pastor, the teacher, and the ministry gifts we see here listed are to equip the church, you out there in the chair, in the pew, watching online, to equip you so you can do the work of ministry. Because the work of ministry is not just my responsibility or Pastor Deb's responsibility or the staff here. It's all of our responsibility because we're one body. Okay? It goes on to say, verse 13, until, see, we're being built up until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. See, God wants us to grow up, doesn't he? To the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. He wants us to grow up more and more to the statue of Jesus when we're equipped, okay? And it goes on to say in verse 14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, 
by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Now, we could spend a lot of time talking about particulars here, but realize that God wants you to grow up. He doesn't want you to stay a baby. Isn't it wonderful to have a baby? Uh, Amy and Tyler Rice are going to have a baby. A few of others are going to have a baby around here. It's great to have a baby, but if they stay a baby, that's not so much fun. I don't want to be uh, changing diapers for the next 20, 30 years, you know. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, but, but we need to grow up. And we, we celebrate the babies, but then the babies need to be fed so they can grow, right? And then, um, but then, so growing up is rather, verse 15 goes on to say, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, not just part of it. The whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so when every bone is in its place, the body can function the way God designed with every joint in its place. So that just gives us a picture. And I don't want to spend any more time with that. But you need to understand something and, uh, that I was thinking about just yesterday as your pastor. Uh, in January, I'm going to be celebrating 38 years of ministry. Now, one church all these years. The Lord reminded me of something yesterday that he spoke to me probably um, more than 38 years ago as I was contemplating uh, leaving Oklahoma, coming back up to my home area, and planting this church. And it's, it's really Jeremiah 3.15. And the scripture reads, And I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. I was reminded of that. I was reminded of that being my assignment to this church, to be a shepherd after God's heart. Not to represent myself, but to represent him, and to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Isn't that a powerful verse? I think every, every pastor needs to know that, and that needs to be a conviction in their life. For me, I embraced that over 38 years ago, and yet I felt like the most um, unqualified uh, person to do what I felt I was called to do. And maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you sense a calling of God in your life, but you have no clue as far as, Lord, how can I do that? How can I be that? How can I accomplish that? Today we talked about three things. Purpose, calling, and connection. Purpose, calling, and connection. And all of these things are so important in what God wants to do in your life. He wants you to know your purpose. He wants you to answer the call. And he wants you to be connected to his body. I really felt like to end the service time, and you can stand up because we're going to just have a moment of, of prayer here as we seek God. Psalms 139 has always been a great chapter in the book of Psalms because it talks about, you know, uh, how God knew us in our mother's womb and, and he formed us. Uh, he's seen our unformed substance and, 
it, it really talks about the dynamic of, of, of who we are and who he created us to be, okay? But the very end of the chapter in Psalms 139 concludes, and, and I think this is something that I want all of us to posture ourselves with today in response to the message that you just heard. In Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God. Just re- say that. Search me, O God. And know my heart. See, that invitation is so important. For you to allow God to search you and know your heart. Now, he already knows that. But there's something about inviting him to do that. Because when you do, then he shows you things that you don't know about yourself. It says, try me and know my thoughts. In verse 24, and see if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. One translation says, Lord, if there's any hurtful way in me, show it, reveal it. Is there any hurtful way in your life that is holding you back from your purpose, from answering the call or being connected? If there is, let's just get it out there. Lord, just reveal it. Let's deal with this today so we can move forward. And maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but I want to know him. I'm at a point in my life where I'm willing to surrender my life and commit it to him. Maybe you've walked with God for a season of your life and now you've drifted, but today is a day to return and recommit your life to him or maybe for the first time connect with him. Take a moment, if you would, and just bow your heads. Nobody looking around, nobody moving around right now. It's important that we be sensitive to what the Spirit of God is doing among us. If you're here and you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want my life to be right with God, and I don't know that it is. Would you pray for me? Lift your hand if, if, if you would want to pray with me. Thank you. I see that hand. Okay, I see those hands. Thank you. Are there others this morning? Jesus. All right, we're going to lead you in a prayer for those of you that raised your hands. And, and then we're going to also do this search me, oh God thing. And um, if you feel that God is moving upon your heart right now, pray this prayer after me. And, and we call this a believer's prayer. It's a prayer to put your faith and trust in God. And it can initiate, initiate a work of God in your life to allow him to do what only he can do. So repeat this prayer after me, if you would. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you, and I repent of my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I believe, Jesus, you came to die for me. And you rose from the dead to give me life. Today, right now, I put my trust in you. I open my heart to you. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I receive you now. Make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer sincerely, if it was the first time, uh, we're going to have the prayer team up here in just a little bit, and uh, we invite you to come to receive prayer so we can give you some next steps in your journey with God. Uh, For the rest of you, okay, you ready to have God search you?
to know your thoughts, to see if there's any hurtful, harmful way in you so that that thing can be dealt with, addressed, so you can move on to receive the purpose he called you to, answering the call and become connected. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this body of believers. And we do come to you. And we ask that you search us, oh God, that you search our heart. And that you know, Father, our thoughts, that that if there's any hurtful way in us, oh God, that you expose it and make it known. And we ask that you move in us, oh God, to bring change and transformation in the name of Jesus. Now talk to him just from your own heart right now. Just talk to him with a sincere heartfelt cry. Lord, search my heart. Search my heart. If there's anything that stands between us, oh God, deal with that. I lay that down. Maybe there's a stronghold of addiction. You need to lay that down. You may not feel like you can get free yourself. Or begin to cry out to God for deliverance, for freedom. Because he who the sun sets free is free indeed. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day.